Hey guys, this is Pastor Philip Slaughter. In going through our Jonah series, two of our final sermons did not get recorded, as is the case sometimes with technology. There were some issues. Um, and so I wanted to come here and highlight and review what we talked about. I'm going to combine those two sermons into one. We, I'm, it won't be the full effect of what we talked about those two Sundays, but it will be a healthy and good conclusion to the book of Jonah that we studied. And for those of you listening online, I just didn't want there to be a gap and, and just uh, no conclusion to this. And so we're going to go ahead and look at that. Now, uh, in the previous sermons, we looked at how selfishness leads to bitterness. We saw that example in Jonah's life where it displeased it displeased Jonah exceedingly and he was angry in Jonah chapter 4 verse 1 when the Lord was uh, sparing uh, Nineveh and it it led his selfishness his desire to have things happen his way led to bitterness. And then we looked at how bitterness prevents progress, how Jonah just went outside of the city and sat on the hill and was hoping that God would destroy the city even though God relented. And he he could have been moving forward, he could have been moving on, but, but Jonah did not want to do that. And so bitterness prevented his progress. Uh, and these last two sermons um, that, that I've preached, I looked at two different perspectives. The first perspective was Jonah's perspective. We looked at how selfishness and bitterness ruin everything. I mean, if you look at these verses that we're about to cover, then you will see that, man, was Jonah wrong about everything? And did it not turn his life upside down and nothing goes his way? I mean, uh, even when things go his way, it's in the form of being in the stomach of a whale. He was saved from death. However, he had to live in the belly of a whale. And then you will see that in the uh, scripture we will be covering today that he was uh, given some comfort and yet that comfort was taken away. And so you'll see as we studied the scripture, what I'm referring to. Uh, however, we're not just going to look at things through Jonah's perspective. We're going to look at th- things through God's perspective. And, and in this, the second sermon that I preached, the final sermon that we looked at in Jonah, what we did is we just went back and, and reviewed the book of Jonah through God's eyes. And so we're going to do that right now. We're going to uh, look at Jonah's perspective and God's perspective. And so if you have your Bibles, you can look with me in Jonah chapter 4, and we're going to start in verse 6, which is where we left off last week. And so Jonah chapter 4, verse 6. Now the Lord God appointed a plant and made it come up over Jonah, that it might be a shade over his head to save him from his discomfort. So Jonah was exceedingly glad because of the plant. Now this is in direct, um, I think that we're supposed to see how this compares or contrasts to uh, another verse that I just read, which was, it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he was angry in chapter 4, verse 1, that God spared Nineveh, that God spared the city. And here it says that he was exceedingly glad that God appointed this plant that made it come up over Jonah, that it might shade his head. And Jonah was exceedingly glad. And so uh, it's it's interesting that Jonah, he he is mad because God spared an entire city of human beings, and yet he was exceedingly glad that God appointed 
one plant to come up and cover his head. And this is what selfishness does. It skews perspective. It it help, It forces us, selfishness, it forces us to only see things through the lens of what is best for me. What am I getting out of this? And what we're getting out of this might not be the best thing. It's not always the best. And so it, we as... Um, Christians today, for those of us who are followers of Jesus, we have to make sure that we're not falling into this trap that Jonah fell into. That if we see selfishness in our life, that we are bringing it to God and we are um, asking him to search our inner being and that we are asking him to change us. Because it's it's easy, just as it was easy for Jonah to be selfish and to see things through his own uh, worldview, it's the same for us. We can get selfish and we can only be pleased when good things happen to us and when God does great things for people we don't care for it can lead us to be bitter and and we don't want to be that person I mean Jesus came to this earth to die for his enemies he came to this earth to serve not just those who loved him but um those who hated him and and he he was to love them and that's what he did and that's what he calls us to do and so we have to be careful when things don't go our way when we don't get the job we want when and and someone else we know does get it i mean we we have to not be selfish about it we have to understand that god has a plan we have to trust things in his hands and but on the other hand we also need to be understanding when people are suffering uh for being selfish because we're all tempted to be selfish and yes when we see someone who is selfish if we have a close relationship with them if we're able to talk to them about it then gently and lovingly we should correct them but we should also understand that when we see selfishness in other people we if we look close enough we're probably going to be seeing selfishness in ourselves. and so we need to be gentle with them we need to be loving with them and be kind with those that we see who are living selfish lives because uh, often it, we're the ones that are being selfish. And so we want to make sure that we have not come to a place where we can't be excited about God doing something incredible um, and yet we can be excited over the smallest little plant that's covering us. And yet, when that plan is taken away, as it's going to be with Jonah, then we begin to mourn again. Our joy and happiness cannot be dependent upon the gifts that God has given us. Our joy uh, and happiness should be dependent upon our relationship with God himself, the, the giver, not the gift. And yes, sure, when God gives us gifts, then we can rejoice in those gifts. We can be joyful that God has chosen to bless us in that way. But we also have to take into consideration the fact that, as Job says, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. If God blesses us with things or with family or whatever the case is, then we rejoice. We enjoy the time that we have those things or get to be with those people. But if the Lord takes those things away, then sure, there's going to be a period of mourning. But we should come to a place where we are rejoicing despite our blessings or perceived blessings, I should say. I want to make sure that we look at verse 6 and look at how who it was that appointed the plant. It was God. God gave him this thing. And it did make Jonah exceedingly glad. And that, and that in itself 
is not bad. We should be glad for the things God gives us. It's just the contrast, that he was exceedingly glad for the plant, and yet he was it, it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he was angry in Jonah chapter 4, verse 1, because of God sparing the city of Nineveh. And so when we look at this, let's just learn these examples. Um, but as I was saying with going easy on him, uh, think about if God came to a Jewish person and said, I want you to go to Hitler. I want you to to take my word to him and make it known to him and give him a warning. Uh, I mean, do you think that uh, that they, they would want to do that? You know, this is basically what Jonah is being asked to do. Um, the Nineveh, Syria, they have um, Assyria, they have been defeating the Jewish people, and they have. There's more fighting to come, even after this, and and we see the effects of that in the future in Scripture. But um, he's being asked to do something that's extremely difficult. And so we need to keep that in mind. We need to be gracious as we're looking at Jonah and as we're learning from the things that he could have done differently and should have done differently, as we're unapologetically pointing out that we better not do the same things. We also need to be gracious with people who don't succeed. And we need to make sure that we're trying our best to do things to lead them um, to repentance and to a healthy view in life and, and out, of, out of selfishness, away from bitterness. And that's what God is doing with this plant. Because in verse 7, it says this, But when dawn came up the next day, God appointed a worm that attacked the plant. So God appointed the plant to protect Jonah in the previous verse. And in verse 7, God appointed a worm that attacked the plant so that it withered. When the sun rose, God appointed a scorching east wind. So here, this is God controlling this again. And the sun beat down on the head of Jonah so that he was faint. And he asked that he might die. I mean, he could have just got off the hill and stopped looking for God to destroy the city and went out of the sun. He could have done a lot of things differently in this book, um, but he didn't. He's just seeing how this affects him, and he's miserable, and he just, I'd rather die. And and this isn't the first time he said this, right? I mean, it, rather than repenting on the ship, he told them, you're going to have to throw me overboard. And he, he I'm sure Jonah, if he would have repented and told God, okay, I'm going to Nineveh, then there would have been no need to be thrown overboard, I assume, maybe not. Um, but here, when things don't go his way, when the plant's dead because of the worm that God appointed, and God appoints the east wind, and the sun's beating down on his head, and he grows faint, he asked that he might die, and said, it is better for me to die than to live, finishing verse 8. And so, this is Jonah in a nutshell. If if we read the story of Jonah, it's very easy to just see it through his perspective. The word of the Lord is how it begins, but it comes to Jonah. And Jonah runs. He's the one that went down to Joppa and went down to the bottom of the ship. He's the one that was asleep when the storm came. He's the one who was approached by the captain. He's the one who told them that they were going to have to throw him overboard. And he told them who the one true God was and why he was displeased with Jonah. 
Uh, he's the one that was thrown into the sea. Jonah is the one who cried out from the sea for God's salvation. And God sent the fish, and it was Jonah who spent three days inside the belly of the fish. And it was Jonah who was spat out. It was Jonah. And, and if, you, if you're not careful, reading through Jonah, it's Jonah, 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 Jonah. Jonah went three days through the city. Jonah's the one who told the people to repent. Jonah's the one who was angry when they did repent. Jonah's the one who left the city and built a booth you know, east of the city so he could watch God destroy it. Jonah's the one um, who was so happy when the plant grew. And, and if we're not careful, that's all we're seeing is Jonah, 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 Jonah. But we can't just see Jonah through that lens. We have to see Jonah through God's lens. Why did God tell Jonah to go to Nineveh? Why did God not allow Jonah to run? Why did God not allow Nineveh to not have a chance for repentance? Why did God raise up that plant? Why did God appoint the worm to go eat the plant? Why did he appoint the scorchy wind? What is God doing here? And so we're going to get to that, but we can't just look at our life and and say, why is this happening to me? You know, and look at it just through a lens of ourselves. Maybe we need to ask, okay, what is God doing here? And sometimes we don't have the answer to that, and sometimes that's a futile question to ask, um, but at least we can ask, how can I be obedient in the situation that I find myself because obviously God is sovereign, and if I'm here, th- then I need to obey him in a specific way. What does scripture say about how I should live out my life right now? And look, this is easier said than done. I am, I mean, I struggle with this. When things don't go my way, I get upset. I get depressed. Um, I, I, I come to a point where I'm just, I ask why. I come to a point where I don't... Um, have as much energy or as much enthusiasm to continue obeying Jesus. I come to a point where there are some times where I don't even want to obey Jesus because it's so hard when things don't go your way and it goes against our nature in such a way that it's hard not to be like Jonah. But we can't be as Christians. We have to turn to God. We have to do what is right. We have to be careful to make sure that we are honoring the one true God and that we are being faithful in our relationship with Jesus because God knows what he's doing and he has a plan. And what he's doing is is for his glory and it's for our good. If If we love him and are called according to his plan and his purposes, then he is he's got a plan going on and if you view back from Jonah's perspective and Jonah's point of view and you start looking at things through God's point of view then um we can see that so let's actually continue in Jonah chapter 4 because God's about to respond to to Jonah's behavior and in verse 9 it says this Jonah 4:9 but God said to Jonah do you do well to be angry for the plant And he said, yes, I I do well to be angry, angry enough to die. That's probably not the best response to God, but Jonah's being honest. Uh, Verse 10, and the Lord said, you pity the plant for which you did not labor, nor did you make it grow, which came into being in a night and perished in a night. God is pointing out the irony. You are mourning for a plant 
that that grew and was gone in a day. Then look at verse 11. And should not I pity Nineveh, that great city, in which there are more than 120,000 persons who do not know their right hand from their left, and also much cattle. So God, that, that's the last verse. That's how Jonah ends. He drops the mic right there. And he says, if you can care for a plant, why can I not care for my creation? For 120,000 human beings who don't know their right hand from their left. For even the cattle. You don't even care about the cattle. You don't even care about the animals, Jonah. And he, and he didn't create the plant. Uh, Jonah didn't create the plant. God did. And Jonah didn't create those people. God created them. And that's why God had such love for them. Because they were his. Because God uh, create, created us all. And so let's do this. Let's We, we looked at Jonah through the perspective of of the prophet, of the perspective of Jonah. But now let's look at Jonah through the perspective of the Lord. Again, this whole book starts with, now the word of the Lord came to Jonah. We need to see this book through the God's perspective, through the lens that God sees things, not Jonah's lens. And now the Lord, now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, I'm, I'm back in Jonah 1, one, and call out against it, for their evil has come up before me. God wants them to repent. And God heard the cries of the people who were calling out against Nineveh. There were people who wanted Nineveh to change. Lord, help them to stop being evil. Help them to stop persecuting us. And God's people had cried out that, that something would change in Nineveh. And God is answering the prayers of his people. And yet when he comes to Jonah, Jonah doesn't want the prayer answered in the way that God is going to do it. Jonah knows if he goes to Nineveh and tells them to repent, then they will repent and God will relent, as we've seen in past sermons. And so we have to be careful to to make sure that we're seeing our life through God's lens. When God asks us to do something or when when we know that obeying the Bible means this in our life and that that's not an easy thing. We have to make sure that we're obeying God because God knows what's best. What's better for Jonah to be able to uh, enjoy his prejudice against Nineveh and hate them and, and not be put out by God asking him to do this task? Is that better than God loving an entire city and seeing them come to repentance and sparing them from death through sending Jonah to, to preach that repentance? Of course not. God, God is, God's way is better, and it's better in our life. And we don't have it written out in text in front of us so that we can see what's going on, but neither did Jonah. Jonah's living this one day at a time. And so if, we're, if we trust God, we have, when God asks us to do something, then we have to make sure that we do it. Because he knows what's best. He knows what he's doing. And we can't see all the twists and turns of our future. But God can. He's all-knowing. And so, that's why the Lord, the Lord hurled a great wind upon the sea in Jonah 1-4. Because he wasn't going to let Jonah run. That's why uh, Jonah was saved when, when, when he cried out to God. Because 
when he was thrown into the sea and drowning. Because God loved Jonah, first of all, but also he wanted to see the people of Nineveh repent. And so he sent that fish to to save Jonah. He sent that storm to help Jonah see you're heading in the right direction and you can't outrun me and what I want to pass is going to come to pass. And so he's God is the one working things together. And the Lord appointed the great fish in, in verse 17. The Lord is in control of this story. The Lord knows what he's doing. And so in chapter 2, when Jonah um, cried out to God and prayed that great prayer, and there, we've got that whole poem there in, in Jonah chapter 2, that chapter ends in verse 10 by saying, and the Lord spoke to the fish. And so we, earlier we were saying Jonah did this, Jonah did this, Jonah went this way, Jonah told the people this, jo- Let's go back and let's just make sure we're seeing this from the proper perspective, which is the Lord's perspective. The word of the Lord came to Jonah. The Lord sent the the storm. The Lord spoke to the fish in Jonah 2.10, and it vomited Jonah out upon the dry land. God knows what he's doing. The, the Lord is the one um, who is working things out here. Now, Jonah had free will. It, it, I'm not saying Jonah's life isn't about Jonah. I mean, it is about Jonah. Jonah had free will, but God also, being sovereign, had the ability to send the storm, to send the fish, to do whatever he wanted in order to get the outcome that he wanted. And so in the midst of our free will, we come up against the sovereignty of God, and we might as well work with him and because he does know what is best, and he is acting in love, and our limited foresight prevents us from from knowing what's best from knowing what is the most loving thing and the best thing to do and so just i encourage you to reread jonah and this time read it from the perspective of what god is doing god loved nineveh he wanted to see them repent sure they were evil sure they acted out sure that they had been persecuting uh, god's own people but that didn't mean that he didn't want to give them a chance for repentance. And this should speak to us because God has given us a chance for repentance. And the question from, from me to you is, is, have you repented? Because God has gone through incredible measures to bring you a sermon like this one, to bring you a friend who has told you about Jesus, to bring you family members, or whatever the case might be. However you first heard about Jesus, uh, God went to incredible lengths throughout history to make sure that all these little things are working out just so you could hear because that's how much he loves you. And now he he's coming to you and he's saying, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent, or like he did to Nineveh, repent or your city will be destroyed. Repent. God's not going to continue to let evil people do evil. He's not going to continue to let a hurt and and selfishness destroy the world around us. There will be a time when he sends his son, and this is all over, when history will, will there will be no future. That will be it and, and for the world as we know it. And God is going to bring all the pain and all the hurt and all the suffering and all the wickedness. He's going to bring it all to an end. 
and he he's going to do that and he's already began the process and we can see that throughout the new testament we can see that in in the way that god is working and we can see some future things of what's still to come in revelation and other places in scripture and so i'm challenging you this this uh today i'm challenging you are are you listening to god's call to repentance and then for those of you christians that are in here that are listening uh, I just I ask you, like, what are you doing to take his word to other people? What are you doing to make sure that you're loving not just those who love you, but that you're loving your enemies? What are you doing uh, when God gives you gifts or take away gifts? Are you still honoring the Lord no matter what? Are you Do you care more about your car than you do your neighbor? Do you care more about your possessions than you do the poor people around you who need your your money and need your help to survive? Uh, do we care more about our our own selves, our own lives, than we do what God desires in the people he has created? We can learn a lot from Jonah. It's interesting because um, of all the prophetic books, Jonah was probably the worst prophet. I mean, running, not doing anything God wanted him to do until basically forced. And and yet we can learn the most about the heart of a prophet. I mean, the heart of a prophet or a missionary uh, through Jonah because we see God's heart. Because really this is a story about what God desired and his God's man running and God bringing his man back and God getting his man to go to the city and preach to the people God created and they repent and God relents and he spares them and God's man's upset and he's angry and God is merciful enough not to just strike him dead but to appoint a plant to to make a point in his life, in Jonah's life, to show Jonah that what God desires is way more important than whatever selfish thing that Jonah was going through. That God created those people, God created those animals, and that God has a right to care about the city, and God cares about the world that we live in. And so are we, as Christians, going to that world? Are we showing his love daily? Are we just going through the routines? And so I'm just going to challenge you. Let's be the people God created us to be. Let's get out there and show his love, even to the people that we disagree with, even even to the people who are hateful toward us, even to our enemies. Let's love. I hope you guys have enjoyed going through Jonah. Uh, I, I sure did. It was an incredible book, and I'm so glad that we went through it together. And I hope that whether you're doing this um, currently or if this is five years in the future that you're listening to this, I hope that it's challenged you. And feel free to reach out to me if you uh, have any questions or you want to uh, ask any questions about Jonah or anything else about the Scripture. Uh, feel free to reach out to, to me. Uh, I, my name is Philip Slaughter, and I'm the pastor at uh, Mansfield First Baptist Church. Uh, you can find us online. Uh, if you are listening to this sermon, you probably already know this, but uh, mansfieldfbc.com. And you can reach me personally through email at philslaw at gmail.com. That's short for Philip Slaughter, uh, P-H-I-L-S-L-A-U-G-H at gmail.com. Thank you guys for listening to this series of Jonah.